You're tuned in to 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley. My name is Tesla Munson, and this is The Graduates, the interview talk show where we speak with UC Berkeley graduate students about their work here on campus and around the world. Today, I'm joined by Eric Sathy from the Department of Integrated Biology here at UC Berkeley. Welcome. Thank you. So we're actually doing back-to-back biomechanics episodes because you are biomechanics. Ashley was a couple weeks ago, and you are biomechanics, right? Yes, biomechanics. We're in the same lab. You're in the same lab, so you see her all the time then. Mm -hmm. And soon you'll uh, both be involved in the graduates. So uh, thanks for joining the program. And yeah, out in the audience there, you'll be hearing more of Eric as he joins the graduates team here at CalEx. Okay, so you're in the same lab. You study biomechanics, but she was working on hummingbirds, and you don't work on birds at all. I don't work on birds at all. I work on geckos. On geckos. Okay, and that's a kind of lizard? It is a kind of lizard. Okay, I'm really, even to this day, as a biologist, I'm still a little bit confused about, like, the lizard salamander thing. Can you clarify that? Sure, yeah. Uh, Salamanders are not lizards. Salamanders are amphibians, which is a different class. Like a whole, it's just a whole different group of animals. So they're not lizards at all. Yeah, so salamanders are in a different group of animals than uh, lizards and other reptiles, um, whereas lizards are reptiles, and geckos are within the group of lizards. Okay. So salamanders aren't even reptiles. They're not even reptiles, no. Wow. Okay. I definitely need to learn more about salamanders. But one of the things that we know, or that I think about, is how they're kind of wet versus lizards, and that's one of the differences you can tell them apart? Yeah, I think so. They definitely have other differences. I'm not that much of a salamander biologist. But your lizards aren't wet. They're not wet. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we're on track. You study lizards. Geckos are lizards. Geckos are lizards. And that's one of the things you study. And have you always studied geckos exclusively or other kinds of lizards too? I've also studied other kinds of lizards. Uh, I've studied anoles, which are pretty diverse. They have a lot of different shapes and functions. Shapes and and functions. Okay. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. Okay. Um, so anoles, geckos, lizards in general. Is there some reason you're, you've just always been... Were you that kid in middle school who on show and tell day brought in like a lizard that you found under a rock somewhere? You know, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I've not always been into lizards as much as just life in general, animals in general. And so really what got me interested in working on lizards was uh, more of the scientific questions that I could ask or answer using them. Um, So in college at the University of St. Thomas, I found a lab that was working on functional morphology of lizards. So uh, more or less how animals are shaped and how their different shapes let them behave a certain way in their environment. Okay, and so you got involved in that lab. That, you said that was as an undergrad. That was as an undergrad. So for all the undergrads that might be out there, what does it take to get involved in the lab? Like, was that like the scariest thing you've ever done in your life or, you know, trying to get into this lab, research lab? Explain the process of getting involved in a research lab as an undergrad. Yes. Yeah, so St. Thomas is a relatively small school, a lot smaller than Cal. And so there's a lot more faculty per student, I guess. And so there's a lot more interaction, I think, between the faculty and the students. And so in the biology department, the faculty sort of sent out a list of here are the faculty who are looking for undergrad researchers. And then I applied to 
a few different labs and they sort of picked which one I went to based on how I ranked them and how they thought I would fit in each lab based on my interests. And so I ended up in this lab where I did morphology. On lizards. On lizards. And you've never looked back. Lizards I've never looked all back. the lizards, way. Lizards all the way. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, well, do you want to tell us a little bit about that research project? You said you're looking at morphology, so what they look like. Um, does that involve measuring things, or how do you look at that? Yeah, so we were looking at how morphology determines how fast they can run. Uh, and we were especially interested in how the sort of the environment that the lizards are working in affects how they run. So we did things uh, where we had the lizards run on different different sized tracks. So we had them run on a rod that was, you know, two and a half centimeters in diameter. We had them run on one that was five centimeters in diameter. And we had them run on just a flat piece of wood. Uh, and then we looked at how fast they could run. We looked at their maximum sprinting abilities on this, on these different uh, substrates. And after we had all of the, we, we called that the performance data, how fast they were sprinting was the performance data. And once we had that information, we looked at what morphological traits, so leg size, uh, foot size, overall body length, how much they weighed. We looked at how these morphological traits could predict how fast they could run on the different substrates and if there's any relationships there. So how fast are we? Are we talking like Usain Bolt fast? How fast are these lizards sprinting? Great question. <laughs> I mean, like, give us a sense, just even qualitatively, like you're looking at a lizard, like, is this like split second fast? They're across the room. Do they run on four legs or two? What What's happening? Yeah. So these ones are running on two legs. They were, you know, traveling maybe two and a half meters per second. Uh, I don't know how that translates to Usain Bolt, but I, I imagine quite a bit slower. Well, they have shorter legs. They have much shorter legs. They're much smaller. Yeah. And what a, okay, that makes me wonder about um, that lizard in Central America. I've only seen it in action once. They, I don't know, colloquially they call it the Jesus lizard because it runs so fast it runs on water. Yeah. Is that in a knoll? What, it's not. It's different. It's, that's the basilisk. Oh, okay. The, the Jesus Christ lizard. <laughs> and uh, they, they do run on water and they run on the two legs, just two legs uh, when they're running in water. And there are other lizards that actually run on two legs in sand or on rocks. It's sort of a faster, can be a faster way to run. Interesting. Yeah. It's because they're usually in force and then they just stand up and, and run for it. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Uh, so that sounds like a pretty cool undergrad experience. Yeah. Lizard racing. Lizard uh, racing. I mean, put that on your resume. Uh, and uh, what? how did you end up here at Cal? So I was interested in biomechanics. So since I was interested in morphology and performance, I was more interested in how exactly morphology determines performance physically. And I knew that Berkeley had a or has a strong biomechanics group. And I was interested in Robert Dudley's lab. Uh, he studies flight biomechanics. And really, I was just I didn't really care about what system I was going to work on. I just wanted to learn biomechanics, how uh, we can use physics to understand how animals move. And so I got to Berkeley and realized that there is a lot that can be done on gliding, especially in lizards. 
Okay. Okay. So you reminded us biomechanics is the physics of uh, movement, at least in this system, right? Yeah. It's it's sort of the broadly, I'd say it's the physics of how animals work. Okay. So understanding the physics behind han- how animals work, and you gliding, and yet somehow lizards still fit into that category, mm-hmm. like fly flying systems, physics of flight, and you're working on lizards. Okay, yes. make that connection for us. Yes. So there are many lizard species that live in trees, and most things, if not all things, that live in trees have some aerodynamic capabilities. So uh, you can imagine if a lizard falls out of a tree, it's good for it to land on its feet, or it's good for it to slow how far, how fast it falls so that it doesn't hurt itself when it hits the ground. And so it does this by using aerodynamics. And what's aerodynamics? Aerodynamics is uh, sort of the study of how air flows, the physics of air. Okay, so yeah. the movement of air. The right? movement of air. So they're using their innate you know, innate, because they're not thinking about it, but their innate understanding of how air moves to send their body through the air Mm -hmm. in a way that that sort of simulates flying. Yes. Okay. So I'm trying to imagine this now in my head. You've got a lizard up in a tree, um, presumably not around here. Is this this a different area? Like talking tropical, like tropical trees, or does this happen around here? It's mostly in tropical areas where the the trees are taller okay so you're in a really tall tropical tree in the jungle and maybe a bird's trying to come and eat you and you're like running 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 i think i just watched a clip of the clip of this recently sure. on, on uh one of those bbc specials and then they just leap out of the tree and somehow move their body like like a hang glider but they don't have any sort of wings right well it depends on the lizard there's a lot of different morphologies in the lizard world. So there are some lizards that have uh, wings that are made from their ribs, the Draco. There are some lizards that have uh, skin flaps on the sides that aren't supported by ribs, but when they fall, the wind past them uh, sort of unfurls these little skin flaps on their sides and that sort of acts like a parachute. There are other examples where lizards that live in trees have fully webbed hands and feet so that all of this creates more surface area for them to interact with the air. And so then they must move different parts of their bodies in different ways to try and balance because otherwise they just flip head over heels, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And that is that what you study? That's what I'm studying. I'm trying to figure out how these lizards are moving their bodies to be stable and to change how fast they can move and also the direction that they're traveling in. So which morphology does the lizard you study have? Does it have skin flaps or what, or nothing? What does it have? It's sort of intermediate between skin flaps and nothing. Uh, it has skin flaps, but they're very small, especially relative to some of the better gliders. The geckos that I work on are the flat-tailed house gecko, and they have some skin flaps on their sides. They sort of have loose skin everywhere, so... If you look at their elbow or their knee joints, it almost looks like they have little skin flaps there, too. Uh, They have maybe half-webbed feet and hands. Um, And so, again, all of this adds to the the surface area that they can use. 
So does that mean you have a colony of lizards in your lab? We have a couple of lizards in our a couple, lab. A couple a of special couple. lizards. A couple of special lizards. Yeah. Exactly. And and so explain to us how you actually look at flight in lizards. Sure. I have a vertical wind tunnel in Robert's lab where it's essentially a fan that pushes air straight up. And I use high-speed video cameras to film the lizards hovering, essentially, on this vertical wind tunnel. And the way the vertical wind tunnel works is that since moving air is moving past a relatively stationary lizard, it's aerodynamically the same thing as a lizard falling through still air. And so I can use this as a simulation instead of dropping a lizard from something that's really tall. I can just have it on this this wind tunnel and have it in sort of a contained area that I can film. And uh, from filming the lizards, I can sort of track their body movements and see what their limbs are doing. I can see what their tails are doing. And then I can see what their whole body is doing in response to these movements. Okay. So if I'm understanding this correctly, you are literally putting lizards in one of those skydiving things that you see in the malls. Yes. Where like you can pretend like you're skydiving because it just pushes you up. You're putting them in that and then they get to like rock out and you film them. Exactly. That it's, sounds, it's, it's, it's much cool. smaller than one of those. Yeah. Yes. Fair enough. But, uh, I'm just imagining, but they don't get little parachutes. They don't get little parachutes. <laughs> well, if you're just tuning in and you're listening to The Graduates here on CalEx, my name is Tesla today. I'm joined by Eric Sathy from the Department of Integrated Biology, and uh, he's ta- telling us all about his work on lizards, and it started out looking at how fast they could run, and now we're uh, learning about how lizards actually glide to trees and how you can uh, try and understand that better uh, from these Hot, you said you use like really high speed cameras, then so you're looking at them like microseconds. Yes, yeah, awesome. What what other sweet equipment do you have in the lab? Is it mostly wind tunnel equipment? Or are you doing anything else in there? I'm mostly working with the wind tunnel and the high speed cameras. Okay. Yeah, we also have we have equipment that we can look at how the air actually flows, especially in these wind tunnels. I know that a lot of this other equipment has been used with the hummingbird work that other people in the lab do, but I haven't used it for the for the lizards. And uh, are you the only lizard person in there? I am. Yeah, you are. Uh, and I, I didn't quite get the order of events. Was it that you, you said you'd work on any taxon, so how did you, did you just realize lizards also glide, or was someone was like, hey, you're the lizard guy, you want to, <laughs> you want to study these lizards? <laughs> yeah, I, I was, it was mostly, I didn't care what taxon I worked on, and and my advisor Robert said, "Hey, you know, there's a lot that can be done on lizards." And I thought, well, I've really liked working on lizards in the past. I might as well continue working on them because I also think that this gliding behavior is very interesting and and seemed like a good system for me to work on. Yeah, and you're using the word gliding in particular, right? I know there might be some arguments in science about gliding versus flying and maybe how the evolution of flight happened? Yes. Do you, you want to weigh in on those? <laughs> I, I don't think I want to weigh in on those right now. <laughs> those are pretty hardcore, but it's, I'm just trying to remember some of the talks I've seen. But I know that some people argue that maybe the first flight was more of a gliding uh, thing, falling out of trees, whereas other people would argue that they were actually 
coming up from the ground. Yes, yeah. Or getting less uh, less drop from that first uh, step off the edge because f- flight is pretty rare. Not it's rare in mammals, but then uh, other taxa do it quite well, right? So birds are flying, in, a lot of insects are flying, but then gliding. Can you tell us what gliding is in particular? Sure. Yeah. So gliding is using aerodynamics to move horizontally by using only gravity as an energy source, as as the, the driving force. So there's not really like any flapping movement per not, se? Not necessarily, no. And, okay, you're not going up ever either with gliding? Not ever going up with gliding. And there's sort of been, throughout the last half century, there's been some distinction between what we're, we call parachuting and gliding, where it just depends on how far you move horizontally relative to how far you fall vertically. So uh, a parachuter uh, traditionally has been defined as something that falls further than it moves horizontally, whereas a glider is something that moves horizontally further than it falls vertically. I've been using gliding to refer to both parachuting and gliding because the aerodynamics of them is the same. Even though when I think of parachuting, I assume there must be some sort of structure, but is that not the case? Do they not have like a little parachute? They don't have a little parachute, no. So what's an animal that parachutes? So I guess what I've been referring to as a glider for the most part. So my lizards would classically be defined as a parachuter um, since they don't necessarily travel further horizontally than they do vertically. Okay. They're just like falling straight down, but like trying not to break all their bones on the way down. Right. Okay. Because I've seen some videos where they can actually aim for trees. Mm -hmm. Is that, can your lizard aim at all? It can. Yeah. So we're getting into some sort of terminology that is subtle, I guess. And so I think of gliding as any horizontal movement. So something that would parachute would just fall straight down, not move side to side whatsoever. Um, But this is different than what has been traditionally defined as a parachuter. So I've been referring to my geckos as gliders. I think they are gliders because they are moving horizontally. And it definitely seems that they are deliberate with the direction that they move. And they can certainly move horizontally. And I'm just trying to think of other animals. I've seen a talk maybe out of your lab, on ants. Mm-hmm. Ants can glide, too. Ants can right? glide, too. Ants can glide, too. And they can aim for trees? They can aim, yep. They can aim for trees. So what about your lizards? What uh, parts of their body are they tending to move around as they are in your wind tunnel? There's been some really great work done on their tails, so they can use their tails to control uh, their orientation while they're falling in the air. It also seems like they're using their hands a lot, And that's sort of what I'm mostly interested in. They're also seemingly using their their legs and their feet to move or to control their orientation and trajectory as well. Cool. Well, so for your dissertation in particular, do you um, do you focus on different aspects or uh, just different body parts or how does like what's the framework of your project? Yeah, so I'm sort of trying to document this behavior of using their hands and their legs to control their speed and to control what direction they're going. Sort of the broader 
component of my dissertation or the broader idea of my dissertation is generally how these lizards are gliding, how lizards glide in general. So I'm also planning to do other species of lizards and other, yeah, other types of lizards, other morphologies as well. And what kind of differences might you expect to see? I think that there's going to be certain traits, certain morphological characters, maybe limb length or overall body size that are related to how well these lizards can glide. How well being how far they move horizontally relative to how far they fall vertically. And are these lizards related to each other that glide, or has this just evolved multiple times? This has evolved multiple times. There are certainly lizards that are closely related to each other that do glide, and maybe that was, in those cases, there might be an independent origin, but there's definitely lizards that are not closely related that have evolved uh, gliding independently. So it must be a very advantageous characteristic then. Exactly. <laughs> I right. mean, I could imagine. Um, I've seen people, uh, not in person, but in movies, use those those body suits too, right? That's sort of like a flying squirrel or a flying lizard. Exactly. I, exactly. <laughs> well, what about uh, what else about lizards? If So if someone here in the Bay Area, just part of the public, was interested in learning more about lizards, either uh, through some sort of museum or maybe even where to go look for lizards. I know I see those uh, scoloporus uh, everywhere I go, right? That's just the western gate lizard, occidentalis. Mm, the western fe- fence lizard. <laughs> western fence lizard. Yes. Yeah, I got my structure wrong. <laughs> uh, so you can see those just about anywhere, but uh, what what else? Where would you send people to learn more about lizards? Yeah, there's some great places. Uh, I know I went to Pinnacles National Park and found the horn lizard, uh, which is a lot of fun. They're like little tanks. They're really wide and stocky and have spines all over their bodies. And I also saw a lot of the uh, the whiptails, um, and these lizards are extremely fast. Uh, they can run four meters per second, which is <laughs> very fast. Very fast. <laughs> Um, okay, so up at Pinnacles, and then do we have? Do they keep uh, lizards in like uh, zoos around here? Or? They definitely keep lizards in zoos. Uh, the Oakland Zoo. I just went there a couple weeks ago and went to their reptile room, and they have a lot of interesting reptiles and lizards and snakes. But there, I mean, I think pretty much any park that you go to is gonna. It's bound to have some lizard um, or snake that you can find. Uh, also probably a salamander. Nice. Although I don't know how many people want to find snakes. But in terms of lizards, do you have any tips for looking for them? Is there like a key? Uh, usually I just keep walking and they, they get startled and run away and that's how I see them. Mm-hmm. That's usually how I find them too. Usually I, I listen because usually they are they make some sort of noise r- rustling in the leaves or in the grass or something and, and uh, that can indicate where they are. Okay. But pretty much the expert opinion is the same as the amateur in that you just sort of see if you can scare a few enough (laughs) that you see them run away. Right. Yep. Keep your eyes peeled. You know, depending on on the weather, uh, sunny days, you're probably more likely to find lizards than on cloudy days because they sit in the sun to get energy. But, uh, you know, on on really hot days, they're also probably not going to be active because it's going to be too hot for them. And so, you know, maybe like 
a nice, warm, sunny day, but not too hot. And you, you might find quite a few lizards. Yeah. Up at the Botanical Garden, too, they got mm-hmm. a bunch up there. Mm-hmm. Um, what about students who are interested in research on lizards? I mean, you know, it sounded like your school was a little different in that they were actively recruiting people. Is that Does that happen here at Cal or what's your recommendation for students? Yeah, I think that happens here at Cal, uh, especially through the URAP program. Um, I've had success with students who are interested in my research um, through that program. I've also had students reach out to me. Uh, who are interested in in my research in general, and it's all anyone is going to be excited to talk about the research. So I guess my recommendation for undergrads interested in in research is just reach out to people, talk to people, send them an email, and tell them why you're interested in their research, and ask if there's any any job that they could do. Yeah, it's a it's amazing what an email can do, right? So it looks like we're at. Reaching the end of the graduates here today, but I want to make sure I ask if there's anything in particular you want us to know about your research or about lizards or about science in general. This is my uh, open forum time on the show. Yeah, I mean, I'd say those budding herpetologists keep looking for lizards, keep looking for animals in the wild, and uh, definitely reach out to people if you're interested. Yeah, lizards, cool animals, right? And you think you're going to be working on lizards forever? We'll see. We'll see. Do you keep any lizards at home? I don't have any lizards at home. I know they can be really difficult to take care of, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, there's, But there's quite a few people in our department that um, have the expertise to maintain lizards. It always seems like a, a really intense setup, but they're super cute. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, okay, well, that's it for us here on The Graduates. My name is Tesla Munson, and today I've been speaking with biologist Eric Sathy from the Department of Integrative Biology, uh, telling us about his work on lizards, uh, seeing how fast they can run and and what their body size and shape uh, does in terms of running and then also falling through the air, gliding or parachuting. Uh, so it sounds like the lizards might be having a pretty good time you know, in that so. wind tunnel. I've always wanted to go into a wind tunnel. Have you ever been into a wind tunnel? I haven't, but I need to do it before I graduate. Yeah, definitely. You find one of those fake parachute things. And then you'll you'll do all the same things. You'll like move your arms and see how it moves you. It'll be a really yeah. uh, transcendental experience, I think. Uh, but yeah, Eric's been telling us about his dissertation work here at Berkeley, looking at lizards and their gliding behaviors and uh, putting them in wind tunnels. And he is soon himself to be in a wind tunnel. So we'll be back in two weeks with another episode Here on The Graduates, stay tuned. You're listening to 90.7 FM, KALX, 